This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion, addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at standupwithatruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Man, uh, I've really been encouraged by your emails and your comments recently, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you just never know when you contact a pastor or a ministry leader. Uh, you don't know where they're at, what they've been dealing with. You only know what they tell you. And, of course, we can't get into detail all the spiritual warfare and everything that goes on uh, around these parts. But thank you. God bless you. I've got a scripture that God put on my heart this morning that I was meditating on from Romans chapter 13. And it's verse 11. It says, Do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. And then it says, rid our, let, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness. So let's do that and put on the armor of light. Father in heaven, we ask you to help us do that, what we just read and talked about, putting on the armor of God, but also the armor of light. Help us, Lord, shine the light of Christ in a culture that is so dark and getting even darker. People need you. They are hopeless. They are lost. And we have the answer. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. Thank you that you chose us to go and bear fruit. May we be impactful in our culture. And however many days you give us, starting today, the day that you've made, we rejoice and be glad we are trusting in you in your sovereignty, and thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And as always, give us wisdom, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so blessed to have back with us today Jason Jimenez, founder of Stand Strong Ministries, and he's a faculty member at Summit Ministries, pastor, apologist, national speaker. He's ministered to families for over 20 years, even though he doesn't look or sound that old at all. But uh, he's invested in marriages, families, churches to help them have a, have a greater impact in their communities. And that's what we're talking about today. And part of that is discerning what's happening and some of these false teachings or lies that are being um, just spread throughout our culture. So Jason is a worldview expert. He's going to help us with some key issues today. Jason, brother, thank you for coming back on the podcast. Always great to be with you, my friend. Thank you, brother. We'll um, start by talking about Jeff. Myers, we just had him on last week. He's, of course, the founder of Summit Ministries, and you are a colleague of Jeff's. Um, we talked about his health, and I share any details that we might not know. I know he went into remission, and he's doing well, but you mentioned something about Summit Ministries, and uh, they could use support and prayer. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it, David. I think oftentimes when we do deal with a lot of the issues today, we tend to overlook uh, the needs of of our fellow brethren, mm. and so I appreciate the opportunity, you know, just to let your listenership know that you know we need to band together, you know, and take it more seriously when it comes to people that are on the front lines who are doing the work of God, and that you know it's it's we we are to support those people financially, as you know, we're we're to befriend and extend grace and use our spiritual gifts as we advance God's kingdom. And along the way, as you know, people become faint-hearted. I mean, that's why repeatedly throughout Scripture, sometimes the Bible talks about do not grow weary while doing good, because the reality is in our human flesh, 
you know, we can we can only do so much, yes, right? Yes. And and so you know, Jeff is one of those prime examples right now. And just for people to know, I mean, he's got a new podcast, the Doctor Jeff Show, and he just recently talked about his battle with cancer. Mm. So I'm, I would imagine with with your large listenership that many people listening right now. Um, have gone through cancer or are currently battling cancer. And, you know, Jeff, you know, thank the Lord, has gone through treatment. He's currently in remission. But as many people know, the the deadliness, right, of not just the disease, but also the drugs that that, that are injected in him hmm. for six weeks off and on, it's really drained him. Wow. And uh, so he just needs prayer for just the mental capacity to continue to serve the Lord, to be traveling. You know, we're going to be ministering to over 3,000 college students this summer alone in South Carolina, Arizona, Georgia, Colorado. We're doing our virtual classes as well during COVID. And so, you know, God is on the move, and he's using, even in the midst of weakness, you know, Jeff uh, is finding the strength of God. And Mm. so just encourage people, pray for Dr. Jeff Myers, and continue to pray for, obviously, our loved ones you know, who are battling cancer or other elements. I mean, I, last year I lost a brother to cancer. Wow. So, you know, it's, you know, some people survive like Jeff and other uh, people like my brother Joe did not. And, you know, and that's a reality. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a good reminder for us to say, hey, you know, how how are the people around me in my local church, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, are, how are they mm-hmm. suffering? Mm-hmm. And And how can we come together and pray in the Spirit for God's healing power to move upon their lives? And so... It's it's a great thing to see Jeff stand strong and how God has really taken through so much because yeah months ago it was it, we were very burdened over it and even during COVID you know there, he couldn't be around us and then he got COVID and his wife got COVID and so you know of course then he's you know having to even be be more in lockdown and it was during those times where you know as we we can text and talk on the phone and Zoom and and those great things with technology. But it, it, you wanted to be there in person with a dear friend and just to see you know, him come out of this, being refined through the fire, right? Mm. His faith is so much stronger. And I think that's just a great lesson for all of us to, to remember that in the midst of the storm, God is there and he'll deliver you from it. So I say also to remind people that, hey, you may be going through a dark time right now, but as, but as I saw my dear brother Jeff go through something, or when I was just with my sister-in-law, you know, who lost her husband, my brother, and I was with her five kids recently in my travels just to stop in and say hello to them, she is standing strong herself in the midst of being a widow now. Mm, and wow. and you see the, the, the genuineness of their faith in these trials because of Christ. And so that's just a, that's just a great reminder for all of us to just remain hopeful that God is doing a great work in all of our lives. Uh, Jason, that's that's I think a very relevant, profound, and needy uh, needed word that you just shared right now because we get so busy and wrapped up, even into good things, ministry that we're looking at people in our own families or churches that are battling, whether it be cancer or some other trial, uh, and we need to I think slow down a little bit. That's a good reminder for me to to look, be led by the Holy Spirit, and then take the time to go. Give that person a touch, a hug, or a or a prayer, or ask them how we can help. So, thank you so much. And by the way, that podcast last week, uh, Jeff Myers, it was called Unquestioned Answers: Worldview mm-hmm. and Fighting Cancel Culture. So we did that on Standard for the Truth. If you want to check out that podcast, I've been following Summit Ministries for years, so I can't tell you what a blessing it is to have you and Jeff 
um, just have had, had you guys on the podcast. But today, uh, we're going to get into equity in, in just a few minutes. What type of equity should Christians support? You did a really good video on this. But before we do that, uh, Jason, you've spoken recently at Summit. You were teaching there. It was so encouraging for me to see, went over to your Facebook page, this classroom, or it's a big hall filled with young people. That is so encouraging for me to, to see them going to summit and being taught the biblical worldview. And I just want to share your experience and what you taught on. Well, I appreciate that. And again, that's another area I know that many people listening, we are, we're desperate. We're desperate for Christ. We're desperate that the Holy Spirit will fall upon this current generation, whether you combined the millennial generation with the Gen Z generation. Uh, you know, I have a son, my oldest going off to college this fall. And, you know, as we're sending out our children, you know, out into the world, I just was a part of a, a commencement speech I did in Florida uh, to graduates from a Christian school. Uh, before that, of course, I was at Summit, you know, with over 200 students that we had that are there to get, you know, 12 days hmm. of immersed training of biblical worldview. And the wow. reality is, David, you know, God, and the, despite what we're seeing, you know, with, with Pride Month, you know, with June, and just mm-hmm. how every year just gets bigger and bigger in your face, um, and, and it's not just offensive, but you see the depravity that's going around in this fallen world and the lostness that many people have. Uh, just recently, you know, being at Summit, you know, having uh, time with these students, uh, you know, as we, as we look forward to, right? A lot of those people in that group that come to these sessions throughout the country and even parts of the world um, are not saved. They're not followers of Jesus Christ. Mm. Many of them are skeptics. Uh, you know, m- some of them come struggling with their uh, gender identity or their sexuality. Um, you know, a lot of them have been grown, they've grown up in a church. Maybe they were even homeschooled, but they're, they're refusing to follow, you know, a certain uh, line of Christianity due to whether skepticism or some type of traumatic experience or doubts have consumed them to the point where they are denying their faith. They're denying even the very existence of God, and they're struggling. Many of them have never, you know, they've been spending some time, of course, these days, as you know, with Gen Zers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're watching a bunch of stuff or listening to various different podcasts. But this movement of deconstructing your faith has really spoken to this younger generation. Mm-hmm. And this movement of progressive Christianity, which is a false biblical Christianity, by the way, um, yes. preach a false gospel. They, you know, there's, that's, that's where, that's where a lot of these students, you know, uh, David, where, when we encounter them, that's where they're coming from. And then, of course, you have, uh, that other percentage, which is still the majority. And we thank the Lord for this. We thank the Lord for all of the students that come because most of the time, I mean, they're very respectful. They're very engaging and, and they have a lot of questions, right? But, um, you also have these students that are there because they want to get further equipped. And they want to go out there on the college campuses. They want to be a missionary. They want to be a light, and yes. they want to be salt and light to to the culture. So, I mean, we are so blessed. I mean, but yes, since the '60s, when Dr. David Noble started Summit to to current now here in 2021, you know, we are definitely seeing uprising. We're definitely seeing uh, with issues of uh, critical race theory, with transgenderism, LGBTQ rights, you know, the SOGI laws, the you know, equity, yeah. the Equality Act, kind of stuff. A lot of these things are are giving them more ammunition, if you will. A lot of the riots on the streets, you know, a lot of the, the, the crowdfunding that they're able to get through social networking and communication. A lot of them have platforms where they're putting their voice out there and they're, you know, they're espousing views that are contrary to the Bible, whether they call themselves a progressive Christian or not. I mean, so there's a lot of just major issues as you can imagine. And so some, we encounter that we go, we go head on, 
we're not intimidated by that. We come in the grace and love and truth of Jesus Christ. And as you know, uh, you know, we pick faculty people who are experts in those areas that are teaching these students. Yes. And so we don't just lecture. We're there to engage and have meals with them and pray with them and have open forums with them. I mean, I just came from Arizona, and a dear friend of mine, and I, I know you know of Greg Kokel from Stand to Reason. Yes. He's got an excellent staff of apologists, and one of them, Alan Schleeman, has been one of our faculty guys for, geez, probably 15 years now. And Alan was the resident. What that, what that means is not only do we have different faculty people coming during the 12 days to educate and train and to equip these young Christians to go out into the world, 16 to 25-year-olds is usually the, the age bracket that we deal with. Um, but we also provide a resident scholar and that, and I've done it several times through the years with my wife and kids. And what we want to do is we want to say, Hey, in addition to all the support you're going to be getting with small groups, with the staff and with faculty, we also provide a resident like scholar slash pastor, someone who's going to be there during the activity, someone who's going to be there in the morning during the meals, someone that you can call, you can reach out to, uh, during the, the, the two weeks you're going to be there to really minister to you to walk you through things that sometimes when we come in for a day or two, we can't, um, you know, they're there to unpack more things. And Alan did that this, this past session in Arizona. And, uh, and when I was there, he and I just, he was just telling me amazing stories of how he's not just answering these young people's questions, but he's being a father figure to them. And it reminds me in first Corinthians chapter four, verse 15, where Paul tells these brilliant minds, right? Cause a lot of these students are so brilliant. They're very smart, very mm. creative. Uh, but a lot of them are lost and they're struggling, they're hurting. But but remember, Paul told the Greek audience, you have many instructors, but, but very few of you have a father. And we try to play that role as spiritual mentor in the lives of these young people, because that's what they want. They They not only want people who are credible in their knowledge of what they're espousing and teaching, but they also want authenticity to go with it. And so that's what we do at Summit. Wow. Love that ministry, and it's so important what you're doing. Because Jason, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, the the future kind of relies on our youth today and Christian youth. Because we're many of us are getting older. Generations have passed on, and America has been weakened. We've fallen away from the biblical worldview, and public schools have done so much damage. So, isn't it up to young people? like you are speaking to and teaching and like that are going to these ministries to be equipped like Summit, isn't it kind of up to them to kind of take the baton and, and go? Yeah, you know, and I to give something that's hopeful to people, uh, when they're being taught things on law, right, we deal with philosophy, we deal with justice issues, we deal with sexuality issues, we deal with who, the identity of who Jesus Christ is, the credibility of the, of the Bible, uh, can it be trusted, the resurrection of Jesus, we deal with people's doubts, and I deal with, you know, I, I present my challenging conversations book with them about how, as an advocate of God's truth, you are to be a salt and light in the world as you deal with a lot of these controversial topics. Instead of bow out and get scared or being aggressive, you're to be that advocate, you know. And uh, when you're teaching these young people this, for the most part, uh, they've never succinctly had this presented to them in a way that's rational, objective, and, and, and done in a winsome way. Hmm. And it inspires them. David, many of them even recant of positions they came into. And again, we, without uh, compromise and without apology, we will lay out a biblical Christianity in front of these students and show them the hijacking that's taking place with different worldviews. And that's one thing that Dr. Jeff Myers does, um, and I've done it through the years as well, 
when we were growing, you know, we were partnering together, doing a lot of the worldview courses that come from one of their main books um, that really established, you know, Summit Ministries. And, you know, a lot of these students, for the first time, they're realizing, so, I, yeah, my new age practices, new spirituality practices, whatever it may be, does not coincide with Christianity. Mm-hmm. So that's an adulterated religion. Uh, that's a false religion, right? And, and, and teaching them this, and so that way this, yes, when they take that baton and you have people who are professing to be followers of Jesus Christ, they're living according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. They're taking the historical, the orthodoxy of Christianity that we know to be true, and they're leading the charge now in that truth, as opposed to falsely portraying what they believe to be Christianity. And so that's what we're addressing, and we're seeing a huge number of young people respond, David. They're responding because they, they, they are knowing the truth. Mm. Like, many of them come, maybe not have had abortion or um, would have an abortion, but they would lean towards a pro-choice, like, it's her body, it's her choice. Yep. Who am I to say, right, because truth is relative. <laughs> and after they, they get the courses that we teach them on, on uh, pro-life apologetics, the vast majority of them, again, David, responds saying, I've never heard this before. I'm mm. not being taught this. And yet, of course, you're not going to get this on the universities, but that's why we have Summit. Yes. So you can send your, your, your child, your grandchild, so we can equip and train them, but also to love them. And I'll tell you another thing, David. You talk about sending them out into the world, getting that baton. Yep. I cannot tell you how many stories through the years at Summit, and this is so unique to Summit, and we all say this, all the faculty, where we encounter people who are there and they have this this itch, they have this desire, that I, I know God wants to use me, I don't know what it is. And we have seen since people have graduated through Summit and go off into the universities or they're currently a university student and then they graduate and they go into their careers, so many of them are are also vocationally becoming pastors and missionaries and apologists. And many of our graduates, a lot of the alum through the years, because uh, you got to remember, this is over two million people have been trained up to, to date. They they are uh, they've started their own ministries, they started their own churches. So yes, we are also looking for the next generation that God is raising up to be the leaders in the churches tomorrow. Mm. What an amazing ministry! It's so good to just take the time to to talk about the importance of training and equipping the saints, especially the youth today. Uh, Jason, we just have a minute left in this segment. I'm, I'm glad we went down this road, um, and we are heading to one of the confusing areas in our culture, meaning uh, race and gender and all these other things. But we're talking about today, we will when we come back, the, the definition or redefinition of equity. Equity, equality. We're going to talk about that, and you have a great video. I'll link to it at Stand Up for the Truth uh, blog. Uh, what type of equity should Christians support? This is going to be an important conversation. By the way, uh, Jason's latest book, Challenging Conversations, a practical guide to discuss controversial topics in the church. We should be able to talk about these things and, and train um, the youth in our churches. But Jason Jimenez, we will come back and we will talk about equity and how Christians need to respond in this cultural moment when there's so much confusion out there. Thanks, guys, for keeping with us. We will be right back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth 
with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Jason Jimenez of Stand Strong Ministries and also a colleague over at Summit Ministries with Jeff Myers. And uh, Jason, we're going to talk about equity and the redefinition, the modern progressive redefinition. There is a demonic agenda behind this. What we were just sharing, what you were just sharing before we got back on the air, I've we got to talk about that because I've got a book out called Canceling Christianity. And one of the descriptions is forces of darkness, both human and demonic, are behind cancel culture and the agendas to eradicate God as well as his followers from the public square. And I'd like to talk about what you were just sharing, and, and it just sounds fascinating, and I'm hoping you're going to make that public about what you're talking about, the demonic realm. And this is a very real thing that we don't talk about or know how to confront. Yeah, I, I think I think it's true, David. And I, I think because a lot of times people get scared, and, and we have to remind people that uh, we're not to be afraid of Satan. Satan is a defeated Amen. foe. Amen. The Bible clearly teaches us in First John 3, 7 and 8. And, and not only that, but he knows his days are numbered. And we serve a God who is above all things, right, who created all things, and all things have its existence because of Christ. And so when we deal with the demonic forces that we, that we see clearly in Scripture, and so when we deal with issues like equity and, and cancel culture, and you have these, these ideological positions that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm. those are doctrine of demons. You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 Paul clearly tells us, he says, now the Spirit, now notice, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in later times, which we are in currently, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves, the Bible says, to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Amen. And so in one sense, like we had, and there's, I mean, I mean, gosh, there's a plethora of topics, right, that we can take on. And of course, <laughs> in my book, Challenging Conversations, I deal with nine of them. Of, of how the doctrines of demons have infiltrated themselves in the church to really cause a blindness to take place, an ignorance to take place among many Christians. Like, for example, many Christians are buying into abortion. Many Christians are buying into this form of equity that's being espoused by the secular left. And we have to be careful that we know that we're not just addressing a particular organization, institution, or identity in, like, Kamala Harris, like our vice president or something. <laughs> but beyond beyond those uh, institutions, those physical elements, resides a hierarchy of demons ruled by Satan. Mm. And their job is to disseminate the darkness to run contrary to the truth of God. Yes. Amen, brother. That man, are you going to make that public, by the way? Well, yeah, we are actually in the in in the midst of. Uh, I, I spent the last two months with my free time to dive more into. Uh, again, I, just so your viewers know, I've I've since I was young, I've I've had encounters with uh, different types of demons, unclean spirits through the years, and mm. for some reason, God just gave me this ability to discern. Wow. Um, and so as I've matured in my faith, and I've and God has put certain people in my life, like Doctor Norman Geyser and a few other people in my life. They've really helped me uh, grow, not just in my theological understanding, but also developing, you know, again, one of the gifts that we see in Scripture in First Corinthians chapter 12 is the discerning of spirits. And, you know, the Apostle John, what I find interesting, by the way, and, and again, as we get into this topic of equity, the, John the Apostle reminds people that we are to discern between the spirits of truth and error. And that's interesting because in Greek, it's implying that sometimes we can be deceived into believing something's of God when it isn't. So sometimes it's not apparent to people. 
And so oftentimes through the years is uh, I will encounter some, some of the, the men of darkness and, uh, and God raises up uh, people to pray against it. So that way there's deliverance. And in some cases, even delivering people from demons uh, in their lives. And again, depending on if it's an un- unsaved individual or it's a, a Christian who is, who has squatters, you know, demons who have taken possession in their lives in different aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly knowing that as a Christian, though, according to 1 Corinthians 3.16 and 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So again, Satan cannot take out the Spirit in our lives. We have a guarantee, a deposit, right, until the day of inheritance. We're told yes. in Ephesians 1.13. But that's not to say that Christians can't give over aspects of their lives or parts of their lives where if you give over to sin or you give over to various different things. And so uh, we're working on this because I'm finding as a worldview guy, when we're dealing with Islam and you're dealing with, you know, secularism and evolutionary biology, and you're dealing with all these different doctrines of demons, we have to understand that behind each one of these uh, views that run contrary to the biblical understanding of creation and humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And sexuality, there are certain demons David, that um, are in, they're in the business of producing these false views. And we have to not only recognize it, but I believe we also, in the power of the Spirit, have to be casting them out. And can you clarify, um, some Christians are influenced by demons. Not We cannot be possessed, but we can be oppressed. Could you clarify that for, for, with those that are listening that might be newer to the podcast? Yeah, I think I think even that term, demon possession. I, I wrote a, a Q and A book several years ago, and we went ahead and used that terminology with Dr. Norman Geiser. When we're doing a Q and A book, and one of the questions we answer is, "Because Christians be demon possessed," and that's a very modern, common term. Um, however, it's not a biblical term. Uh, the term that is used actually in Scripture is, is you know, comes from the, the Greek word that just literally just means uh, the, the demonization. Hmm. And okay. so now in context with a Christian, though, yes, I mean, again, we could do a whole show on this, um, but there could be different levels. Again, it depends on how much you give yourself over um, to be influenced or to be oppressed uh, or to have certain demons, depending on what you're involved in. I mean, again, David, we got there are geographical demons. There are curses that people encounter, generational curses. You know, there could be uh, generational sins. Uh, to whatever degree that that might be in people's lives, you could be encountering people who um, are oppressing you um, through a toxic relationship. There could be bondage to a particular type of sin that is dragging people further away from God, um, and where they have no f- uh, faith but they have fear, and then and through fear can cripple them even more. And those certain demons can dominate that person, oppress that person even more. So it just depends on the person. But yes, Christians need to understand that. We are indwelt by the power of the Holy Spirit, so our salvation is sealed. Satan cannot steal our salvation, but he can destroy our walk with God. Mm. And so whatever we give over to him, he will take. And so it depends on the person. And so there's a strong position where people say, nope, you can never be demon-possessed. And I don't like that terminology because possession implies that, yeah, you're completely and totally controlled by the evil one. Exactly. And that isn't true. That isn't true. Okay. But at the same time, it's not to say that you can't be manipulated and control to a certain extent. That just depends on the person, like I said, the type of sin or the influences that they've allowed in their lives. The other thing, too, is, man, I've seen, I've encountered a lot of people on the mission field who came from a different, like, animistic religion, David, Mm -hmm. 
and even though after they come, they, they're saved, those demons still are moving around. In Matthew 12, we see when one demon's cast out, seven more come. It's a constant battle to try to win um, that person over or try to destroy that Christian, like try to destroy you, try to destroy me, because the Bible says he comes to kill, still and destroy, right? Yeah. But he comes around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion, but as we're told in 2 Corinthians 11, Satan parades around like an angel of light. So there's a lot of innocence, supposedly. There's a deception there. There's a counterfeit, Paul refers to, that Satan uses. And so oftentimes we can fall into that realm, and that's kind of a spell. And then if you add elements like rocks and crystals or symbolic imagery, or you wear a certain necklace that represents some type of form of healing or whatever, like I believe that demons will use those because those symbolically are forms of idolatry. Anything that is is worshiping anything that you worship other than God is an idol. And we know that's against the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And so even those can open doors. And I think people today, David, um, were not sensitive to those type of things. So there's a lot of control and manipulation that Satan is having on a lot of Christians, and they're not even aware of it. That's right. And we see that in our churches, and you kind of go, wait a minute. You you question, only God knows a person's heart, but you question, is is that person saved? Because it just doesn't seem like they're, they're... applying the biblical worldview, but yeah, the demonic realm is very real. Uh, we need to be discerning and more discerning. Pray for discernment, and uh, that's fascinating, Jason. I think people need to hear about that. But in your book, Challenging Conversations, you've got a chapter, and we, uh, we're going to move on to equity right now, but I just want to tease this chapter. Um, can a person who suffers from depression or mental illness really be a Christian? And then you also have a chapter... Um, let's see about race. What's the best way to have a conversation about racism? So those are both in Jason's book, Challenging Conversations. And right now we're going to talk about equity because the uh, definition that I looked up, it says this, justice, this is equity, justice according to natural law or right specifically, freedom from bias or favoritism, something that is equitable. Now, Jason, that sounds absolutely fine. That sounds really good. So equity must be a wonderful thing. But today, there's been a complete hijacking of the definition, and that's where we're going to go right now. Uh, where would you like to start? It's such an important topic that Christians need to understand. What type of equity should we support? Yeah, I, I, again, there's so much there, David. And I think the, the simplest way for people to understand from the get-go, because even that definition, if you know, it is very convoluted with terms Mm -hmm. that are meshed together that seems to be about impartiality. (laughs) Um, But when you're dealing with negative forms of something inside a definition, there's going to be a lot of um, confusion, both philosophically and also axiomatically. So the best thing we need to first go to is what is equality, Mm. right? What is equality? Now, not just as Americans, we know about equal opportunity you know, that we're to treat everyone the same. Uh, we also identify because of differences and diversity. Uh, we have different backgrounds, right? Yeah. We come from different social classes. You know, there's different ethnicities, and that's the beauty of God's creation. That's equality, recognizing that not all of us are the same, and therefore not all of us will arrive at the same outcome, right? It, but yes. we all are given equal opportunity. So hard work, ingenuity, creativity, that type of thing is a part of equality, and so we treat people uh, with respect because we, as, especially as Christians with a Judeo-Christian ethic, we believe that there's human va- that human value, there's dignity in, in humans, right? Um, and, and there's intrinsic value, so we don't deny that. 
whether you're black, you know, uh, uh, Mexican or white, there is is human dignity and, and intrinsic value in each and every one of us. The problem with equity, it is a hijacking of equality, and it's a, actually a, it's a social engineering hmm. that's predicated on equal outcomes. Meaning, because there's inequities, right, based on differences, yeah. we have to remove the differences between a higher class and a lower class. So that the lower class becomes like the higher class, and they're all the same. They, they arrive at the same outcome. Well, that's what is that? That's communism, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so what you have to do, what people have to understand, even though equitable treatment is like, oh, we got to distribute things equally. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Kamala Harris says it's systematic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals, yeah. when in fact that's false. It's actually false because they admit that you have to unequally distribute benefits that are taken from a certain class because that's bad. You have more than you should have. Well, who's determining that, right? What type of equitable treatment is that? I know. And you take it to give to a lower class so that they can arrive at the same class. Well, you don't know that. So you have to take unequal distribution to treat people fairly and impartially, I mean, so in and of itself, it does not make sense. And that's what people have to understand on the surface when you throw out these, these quotations and these definitions. It makes sense. And, and the other thing, too, that people cannot be fooled by, and that's why I tell people, no, when, when the left says equality is different from equity, right, they, they kind of show you the difference. you got a bunch of memes out there that show the difference between equality and equity. And we could do a whole show on that, right, about the, how the fallacious and faulty arguments that they throw out there. But the problem is, is that, that there is no difference. Hmm. For the left, equity becomes equality. It's a hijacking. And that's what we have to start understanding more, I think, pointedly in this discussion, because there, there's no one's denying there are disparities, David, that are amongst people because that's of our right. differences. That's right. But but what equity is saying is because there are disparities, we will eliminate them in a new form of servitude. That, that's a language that's used by Frederick Hayek, which is socialism. And so we have to mistreat the fortunate in order to treat the less fortunate fairly. Wow. It's, it's, if, when you get into it, like you said clearly, on the surface, these things or these concepts, these words sound good. Who wouldn't? Uh, agree with them, but when you get into actually what they mean and what you have to do to achieve this outcome, because equity, what they mean is equality of outcomes, and you made a very important mm-hmm. point. So I want to direct people to that video you posted last week. It's The Dangers of Equity, and that's on Jason's um, YouTube page. By the way, where's the best place to get um, information on your ministry, on the book, Challenging Conversations? Is it standstrongministries.org? Yep, that's it. That's the main site. They can go straight there and they can get all the information. Okay. So how do they now, we understand this is almost like a, you said, you said it perfectly. We're seeing communist policy in some ways being played out and we never thought we'd see this in America. I guess at least not in our lifetime, but it's Marxism pits the oppressor against the oppressed. We're seeing some of these when you mm-hmm. start talking about equality or equity, but also who's really good at this? 
It's the LGBTQ. Boy, have they played the victim role and the marginalized people group. And share with believers that are listening right now, Jason, how we can better respond to what we are continually bombarded with in June being Pride Month. Yeah, I mean, so it, on the face of it, you know, and I have some family members and friends who, again, live in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And these are people who are made in the image of God. These are, again, like I said, all people are created equal. You know, there's there's human dignity, intrinsic value in each and every one of us. We have differences of opinion, different mindsets. But what we're seeing now is, again, this form of equity uh, that you are to you are to bow to these wishes, to the sexual identity that these people uh, have confirmed in their life. And that's their truth. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the rest of us have to, again, celebrate that. Submit. Truth. And if you don't, yes. yeah, and if you don't, um, then, they, then they will undermine you. And so that's why when you get into issues now where you get to Pride Month and you get more of this acceptance across the board from the big institutions, uh, companies left and right, I mean, it's blatant. I've gotten countless emails from different organizations um, just reporting on Pride Month, you know, giving special offers if you're gay or, yep. you wow. know, if you sign up to do this, you know, you get these benefits. And it's almost like, okay, well, what's the, what's the harm, you know, in me signing this and getting 30% off a laptop or whatever? But how they're engineering all this, um, you know, at the time when, as a Christian, if, if I say, well, listen, I, I don't, I believe homosexuality is a sin, as I believe that premarital sex outside of marriage, right, having sex outside of marriage is a sin. Um, I believe that God has made male and female, and that humans do not determine their sexuality that way. Uh, I do admit that in a fallen world, people have same-sex attraction, people do struggle. I've never had that struggle, but I know friends still today who are bonafide Christians who have that struggle, but they're walking the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Mm. I believe there's healing power there. I believe it's okay to you know, ask uh, people who are struggling to get help, that that's not trying to, quote-unquote, change who they are. Um, I believe it's wrong to say that God made them this way, biblically. I think there's a strong case, a strong argument. I believe in support of biblical marriage, a covenant between God and man uh, and and woman, so a husband and wife, and there's roles and responsibilities, and that is not to be shared between the same sex. But now with what we're seeing is even voicing not just concern— Right. I mean, anything, a concern or disbelief or or, or refutation or, again, as we see many uh, Christians who say, I'm not going to make that cake or I'm not going to take the pictures or whatever. You see this this again. There's a and again, not to say that every people in the LGBT community stand with this, David, but there is a gay stopo. There is a movement. The activists. uh, Yes. Gay agenda. Yeah. That that will go after. And I know friends, you know, friends, people who have personally been attacked because they chose freely not to be in support of, let's say, in this case, a gay wedding. And so we have to fight against that type of opposition. And if we don't, then like this form of equity, you will just bow to what you think is impartial treatment of everybody. Mm -hmm. And you will start believing that this class of people are discriminated, that they are oppressed. And so what we have to do now is punish everybody who has any level of privilege that's not as oppressed, and take from them so that we can justly and impartially distribute benefits to people who don't deserve them, really. 
Yeah. And, and that is a danger that we're seeing over and over again with all of these issues. Yes, and Jason, we're learning more about that in our society as far as the church goes and Christians need to know how to respond. That's why we wanted to talk about this today. We've got to take another break. We're with Jason Jimenez, Stand Strong Ministries, and his book, Challenging Conversations. You can get a lot of info in there. We'll be right back with a whole lot more on Stand Up For The Truth. This is Jan Markell, and next on Understanding the Times Radio, we talk about how society is canceling, silencing, and deleting God. The cancel culture will go after everything, including the Lord of the Universe. Join David Fiorazzo and me as we talk about the spirit of the age next on Understanding the Times Radio. This Saturday morning at 9 central on Q90 and Q90FM.com. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I want to quote author and historian Peter Heck, who wrote recently on the website NotTheBee.com. He said, I'm sure when the LGBT movement will feel comfortable. He, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I'm not sure when the LGBT movement will feel comfortable moving on from the victim role they've played to perfection and finally claim their unquestioned victory in the culture war. But who are we kidding? Can anyone say with a straight face that the gay rights movement hasn't won over the hearts and minds of pop culture? Uh, Jason Jimenez, we're seeing uh, corporations, I mean, everything from kids' uh, toys to breakfast cereal. Uh, we see it on television. We see the rainbow flag over the network uh, logo on the bottom right of TV screens. We see it on the Internet when you go to search engines. We're seeing it when you pick up our iPhone, when, when you shop, when follow pro sports. It is everywhere, and they are, meaning the left. And the LGBT, they are changing public opinion. We're talking about how Christians can discern this and respond because it seems like people are just jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, and I think what the thing is, is not that they're jumping on the bandwagon ideologically, but yes. out of convenience, right? Mm, and that, and I think point. that that's what's happening is so many Christians out of convenience because the vast majority of people that consume products from Target Apple, I mean, you name it, yep. even like General Mills with certain uh, cereal boxes, that, and they're having the, the gay pride thing. And, and again, as I said, each year, it's, it's more and more corporations and more and more branding and more and more marketing. Yeah, um, I can't tell you how many times we're watching a show um, and or flipping through Netflix and even on a kid's you know channel, uh, there's, again, transgender or gay stuff that are being exposed to children, Blatant. you know, yep. and it's very innocent and in the way it's packaged and things like that. And so I, I think the first thing that for people to do is to re- just remind ourselves, we have to pray for people to come to know him as a Lord and Savior. And and my duty as a Christian as is to first and foremost, to be like Christ. That's what the Bible says. People always say this, Dave, and I, I want to make you know it clear that our primary responsibility is not to make disciples. A lot of people say that. Uh, that is a commissioning that we are called to do, but our primary is to be like Christ. Mm. And now through that, through living as Christ has called us to live and following his commandments, right, which are not burdensome, we're told in First John 5, 4, that we are to go in to preach the gospel to all the world, right, to make disciples and baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My challenge to people is not, 
again, dealing with these issues outright only, but to make sure that you are living a consecrated life. So you're not judging people, as we're told not to do, hypocritically. But when you do judge, you're judging righteously. And so we got to follow the words of Jesus in Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5. Now, having said that, when we go forth, we have to be the light, David. See, a lot of times, out of convenience, Mm. and again, I talk about this in Challenging Conversations, and I just asked an audience of students last week in Arizona at Summit, what is our church filled more with? People who are aggressors, who speak down on people who disagree with them, or avoiders who speak away the issue? (laughs) The vast majority of these young people said, oh, we're all avoiders. That's what Christians are. So the reality is, and I'm going I'm to be frank here, the view of Christians today in America, especially in the Western world, we're pansies. Yeah. We, we don't like to get dirty. We don't mm-hmm. like to uh, be labeled anything, or the fear of being labeled prevents us from even speaking against um, a lie and trying to speak forward the truth. And so, honestly, David, we, we have to live before Christ, and we have to share our faith. We've got to live it out it's not just like we got to go out there and fight the LGBT community. That's not the Christian way at all. We don't attack just certain movements. We address them. Yes. Uh, we show the counterfeit and the lies. And I think that if the people start saying just simply in your work, in your school, in your family, I just need to talk more about my faith to people and engage people and just trust the Lord. I believe the more we do that, the more we're spending time with people in the Bible, the more that Christians actually, David, are spinning in the Word of God, you will see major change, I think, take place. Amen. And it's so encouraging for me to hear young people are getting it and they're seeing the silence of the church in America has had horrific consequences. And because we have generally not spoken up, we avoid the controversial issues. We, we are silent in the face of evil, and I paraphrase Dietrich Bonhoeffer there. I also want to quote Owen Strachan, who said, This is no time for soft speech, soft ideas, and popularity contests. This is a time for hard words, clear stances, and unflinching defiance of the devil who is dividing the church by man's ideologies. He said, Don't flinch. And yes, they're shooting at you. Go ahead. Advance regardless. And this is the idea so many of us, Jason, are trying to convey to the church. We have to understand we are, we don't know how much time we're, we, we have left, but we're certainly seeing, uh, the, some signs that are alarming, uh, reminding us that we're in the last days. As a Christian, we should not be fearful about that, but we also can't back out of culture and not have anything to do with just impacting culture for Christ. Uh, your thoughts on the voice that we need to have on these issues of, of equity or equality, diversity, inclusivity. You said it yourself. You say there are those who genuinely are trying to help others uh, unite, and you said that's a good thing, and I'm quoting you, but let's not be fooled into believing. To do that, we must embrace the left's dangerous views of equity, hook, line, and sinker. Please elaborate. Yeah, I think in closing, I think that the issue on the equity thing, for example, as you just gave that, that amazing quote, and just to inspire the Christian uh, listening right now, I mean, just use logic, rationale, and love, right? There's beauty and truth, okay, and the impact that it has in, in transforming the lives of people. So as Christians, we're not just to be informative, but we're to be transformative, because that's the power of, of God's truth that resides in reality. 
And so even just a simple thing that I make mention with equity to remind Christians to be emboldened, to respond, and not to just be fooled or to be, you know, hook, line, and sinker to whatever they tell you. This is the definition, and you need to follow because, you know, Kamala Harris tells you to or something. When you just simply look at the false outcomes equity, that mm-hmm. shows you that that's not something that we are to support. Because at the, when you look at it, as I just was mentioning on the, on the other segment, you can't say equitable treatment is – unequal distribution, okay? Already, logically, that does not, okay, make any sense. Therefore, you're not going to come to the conclusion of justice. And so, Christians, you've got to just see the truth for what it is yes. and don't fall prey to it. Mm. Because at, at the truth of equity, to your listeners, is that it does not pro- promote fairness. It does not promote like, equal opportunities. And in the end, as I mentioned, it doesn't. It can't even guarantee and lead to equal outcomes. Matter of fact, what it does, it actually snubs. It takes away from our individuality. It stifles creativity. It cheapens people. Okay, and it steals from hardworking people. And in the in the standards now, from both classes, then whatever classes they're trying to come, you know, come out of, or to steal from, the standards of achievement will be less. So it actually comes in and destroys when there is creativity there. And and as people who love to be free, we don't mm. want to be oppressed. We want to live our lives as God has called us to live. We don't want, we don't, when we see an injustice, we will respond. Yes. We will respond to that. When we see diversity, we're not all racist. And just because <laughs> someone has a nicer house than I do, doesn't mean I have a right to go in there and take from them so that I can have an equal house as he wants to. But if I steal from him and he has less than he had before, yeah. and he gives me more, then he has, then he becomes in a different class and that's, that's unequal justice. We know that that is not fair treatment. And people, no. as Christians, we have to see for what it is. We have to fight against it. Because I want to leave you with one quote, and I love this quote from Calvin Beisner from his book, Prosperity and Poverty. He says, the only way to arrive at equal fruits, and this will make sense to your listeners, David. He says, the only way to arrive at equal fruits is to equalize behavior. But he says this, that requires robbing men of liberty and making them slaves. Mm. So you want to talk about uh, something wow. that's advancing racism and discrimination is the equitable treat- treatment that we're seeing from the left. Yep. Amen. We, we had uh, Cal Beisner on a month ago, and uh, boy, that's a great quote. Uh, but I love yeah. what you said. You phrased it as false outcomes equity. We have to just pretty much label what's going on today, the push by the left and the secular progressives and the Marxists, by the way, which cultivates the sin of coveting, what they're pushing is this false mm-hmm. outcomes equity. And we ha- I think we need to start working those that terminology into our conversations, false outcomes equity. Jason, excellent point. Yeah, and, I, I, and, la- and two more, that I, and I talk about this in the video, that, that again, to help people just because it can get confusing sometimes. Just when you talk about the equity that we're seeing today, what Christians need to respond by saying, no, it's actually inadequate treatments of equity. Mm-hmm. It's actually false outcomes of equity. Mm-hmm. It's actually inconsistencies of equity. So it doesn't really amount to anything. It actually is, is producing more uh, discrimination, not reducing it. And, and again, that's a fair assessment when you evaluate it, because we already have data, right? Uh, David, that we can follow when the government steps in there and tries to put everybody on the same playing field. Inevitably, what happens is you're going to discriminate between a particular class. Yes. And if you remember something, they have to identify people based on class. And and here's the thing. 
the more classes you have that are oppressive, that's the intersectionality that they actually then put more benefits to you that you should be getting. The reality is, based on the own definition of equity, the classes that you actually have shows that there is inequities. Mm. But how are they able to determine them without having the classes or statuses of people? So again, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's a way of big government stepping in there and trying to equalize people based on behavior and performance. Mm-hmm. And we know that's not how God created us to be. Amen. Amen. Great point to end on. Jason Jimenez, thank you so much, brother. And I want to point people to your book, Challenging Conversations, where you talk about controversial topics in the church, including race, including uh, sexual promiscuity and, and the LGBT. But um, StandStrongMinistries.org. What's uh, next for you, Jason? Are you doing any traveling, doing any projects, interviews? What's coming up for you? Yeah, but I'm traveling a lot. We do a lot of different states that are that are uh, in play right now that we're going to be doing. And I'm, I'm, the next book that's going to be coming out will focus on the family is Parenting Gen Z. So, wow. <laughs> you know, have me back, and I'll love to talk about that when that comes back. And then I'm also working on a book called Hijacking Jesus, where I show the progressive Christians how they have been alternating Jesus and fueling a false gospel from the pulpit and how we need to be warned about it. Ooh, I, I want to get my hands on that one. You just, you just, uh, push my button. Jason, thank you so much for your time today. Always a blessing, uh, talking with you and catching up. Lord bless you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Well, we're going to let you know who's on the rest of this week. Actually, it's just tomorrow being Friday. And uh, we'll take a peek up next week as well on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Tomorrow, Dr. Rick Scarborough is back with us. Also, John Haller on Monday. Natasha Crane on Tuesday. Uh, next week, we also have Stephen Garofalo. Looking ahead, Eric Hovind and uh, many others. Shay Hoodman. Um, I don't want to mention... Turn on uh, Understanding the Times this weekend. I'll be on. Jan Markell interviewed me about canceling Christianity. It was a great conversation, and uh, she pushed my buttons, I think. She knows how to do that. But anyway, what a blessing. Understanding the Times, Jan Markell, go to Olive Tree Views if you need any info on her ministry, and uh, listen for us as uh, we continue talking about these important issues. But thank you guys so much. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.